Hello and welcome to the 93 Talks, a podcast brought to you by the UK's largest network of state-educated university students, the 93% Club Foundation. Did you know that 93% of the UK's population is state-educated? This number is not representative of the university population and definitely not represented in the corporate world. It's our mission to rectify this and support those that make it to university. Here on the 93 Talks, we will bring you content with employers, successful professionals and community ambassadors. This is a podcast for students, by students. We are the 93% Club. Serious about social mobility. Hello everyone, welcome to the 93 Talks podcast. I am your co-host Neve, and I'm glad to introduce our first guest today's episode, Charlie Wright. Charlie, would you like to introduce yourself and your role at Mishkondorea? Yeah, thanks Neve. Uh, so I'm a trainee currently at Mishcon. I'm in my second seat at the moment. I'm currently sitting in the commercial tech and sport team, um, having previously completed a seat in the corporate department. Um, and just for some kind of basic background, I did a law degree at uh, LSE um, and then went on to do a master's um, again in law at Queen Mary. Mm, very, very interesting. Um, so great. Thank you so much, Charlie. I'm very excited to discuss the opportunities in the law industry and your own personal experiences. So to start off with, could you please discuss your experience with university? So you just said that you're in LSE and Queen's Mary, but could you describe the process in place for students who are interested in a career in law, such as the progression pathways? Yeah, of course. Um, I think applying to a degree in law uh, at such an early age, especially, um, it, it can be a bit daunting, um, thinking about the legal industry, um, and really jumping straight into it by doing a law degree, um, can be something that a lot of people might feel, um, it, it comes a bit early for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I was applying for university specifically, um, and going through the whole UCAS process, um, I wasn't even 100% sure whether I wanted to be a lawyer, um, but I knew that law specifically would give me a great foundation in, um, you know, whatever I wanted to go on and do. Um, so I think I, I think that's the first thing that I would stress um, to people looking to do a degree in law in the first place, is that it gives a great grounding in looking at things analytically um, and learning about um, you know, things around the world, um, issues politically and economically, um, mm-hmm. without having to tie yourself to a career in law specifically. Um, mm-hmm. and also the other thing is that you don't always need to do a law degree, um, to go into the legal profession. I think that's something that, um, I specifically didn't know, uh, when I went to university, um, and I think a lot of my peers weren't 100% aware of as well. So if you want to explore something else at degree level and then later decide to go into law, that's always an option. Um, I think personally from my school, um, there was a great support network um, in helping me choose my university specifically. Um, So I ended up going to London because I wanted an environment where it wasn't just um, kind of rooted around the university, I could go and explore other interests mm-hmm. um, and really immerse myself in the city. Um, and I was able to do that, um, which, you know, I don't regret my choice at all. Um, 
but I have friends that went across the country uh, to other universities and for you know opposite reasons and really enjoying themselves. So I think it's really personal, uh, mm. knowing what you want, what type of environment you want to immerse yourself um, within and kind of developing your personal and academic interests within that environment itself. Yeah, I suppose that's quite true for any sort of degree, whether that's law or whatnot. But I think as someone who isn't interested in the law degree personally, um, I've always thought if you take a law degree that typically you want to become a lawyer and you go down that route. I didn't know that I suppose if you could take a master's degree and then specialize in something else or perhaps just start a different degree and then go into law, how, how would that happen if someone was now currently in university but was coming towards the end of their degree and they didn't choose law and they were thinking, right, I really want to be in the law industry. What would you recommend? Yeah, so um, after your degree, um, if you do do a law degree, you go on and do the legal practice course if you want to become a solicitor mm -hmm. um, or you do um, an alternative kind of professional qualification if you want to go become a barrister. Mm -hmm. um, but in my field as a solicitor, um, if you haven't done a law degree, then you can also do a conversion course or the GDL. Okay. Um, and I think now the LPC is transformed into the uh, a different kind of qualification called the SQE, um, but the GDL still stands and you can still do a different degree uh, other than law and go and convert to be able to later qualify as a solicitor. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one thing, doing a degree other than law gives you a background in so many other things um, that you can really apply to a career in law. Um, and so I don't think that should dishearten anyone that's you know interested in a career in law specifically at all. That's great because I think personally I would think, oh, perhaps if I did a different degree but I wanted to become, as you said, a solicitor, if I didn't do one that was you know, not in law, I'd think, oh, that's a bit of a hindrance. But no, it's great that there's opportunities there for everyone if they did really wish to become a solicitor or lawyer. That's great to hear. Yeah, it's, uh, there's so many opportunities now. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'll talk more about it, but uh, even prior to the degree stage, um, I think one thing that Mishcon's been great at doing um, is building these pathways um, mm -hmm. for students who aren't exactly 100% sure um, or don't have that experience within the kind of routes into the legal sector, um, mm -hmm. especially for apprentices, even before you go to university. Um, if you want to kind of dive straight into um, real legal work, um, you can apply for the apprenticeship program now, um, which really uh, kind of combines the degree, the qualifications and work experience within the office at the same time. Yeah, that sounds like a great um, opportunity. So in terms of your university experience, as you've discussed now, when you were applying for your first graduate role, how was that? Like, how was that transition into that role? Yeah, I think it was um, definitely a bit daunting at first. Um, I think my first experience was applying to a mix of first year schemes and later vacation schemes. Um, which are essentially work experience tasters for students interested in um, commercial law uh, mm -hmm. at law firms. Um, you really get a few weeks um, or days, depending on um, how long the scheme is run for by the firm, um, 
uh, of experience within uh, a real office environment. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that's really good to get a grasp of whether it's a career that you want to pursue and whether that's something that you really want to do. Mm -hmm. um, the applications themselves can be quite lengthy depending on the firm um, and really require you to put a lot of yourself into them. Mm -hmm. um, you really need to think about you know, what you've done in your life, what experiences you've had and what you've taken out of them. And it can be a bit tricky and a bit intimidating at first, but I think one thing that I always try and stress um, is that it's always very personal. It's always looking introspectively at what you've done, what you're interested in and emphasizing these points. Um, there's no one kind of rule that uh, works for everyone. And it's definitely not a one size fits all approach. Um, you can build on the interests that you have um, and how they relate to the career that you want. Um, so I later was a paralegal um, in-house at a kind of uh, tech company. And one thing that the firm I think has done really well, not just with me, but with others coming in from paralegal type roles is allowing you to um, develop the skills that you've learned outside in different jobs um, and allow you to connect, uh, for example, with me, with mm -hmm. my previous workplace and bring them on um, to look at how we can potentially work with them um, and really keep in touch. Um, and I think the firm being open and approachable in that way um, helps throughout the application process, whether it be kind of the questions that they ask in the writing section um, or the interview stage, just really getting to know you as a person um, and why you're interested in the firm personally rather than just professionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. And speaking of the recruitment stages at Mishkondorea, what is that like for students and graduates? So what makes you guys different? Yeah, it, it, um, I mean, obviously it starts off with the written application, which is where most firms start off. Um, but the applications, I think from a social mobility focus are blind. Um, so no personal details are identified. And we also use Rare's contextual recruitment software, mm -hmm. um, which allows us to identify kind of social mobility indicators. Um, and there's also a second review in place for any candidates with two or more rare flags. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, quite a significant focus on really allowing candidates who may not have the experience with these type of applications um, and come from backgrounds where they may not have as much support as others um, to allow them to have um, kind of chances to really prove themselves personally mm -hmm. um, and show why they're interested um, in working at Mishcon. Mm -hmm. I think this goes on to kind of the interview stage and um, especially the video interview stage where the interviewers at the firm really want to know who you are. Mm -hmm. um, from my own perspective, having done interviews at a number of different firms, um, questions like, you know, talking about your hobbies, what drives you mm -hmm. um, and how you get along with others in a normal kind of conversation setting um, really allows you to build these connections from the outset. Um, mm -hmm. And it has a different sort of feel, a different environment to it than 
other interviews at other firms that I've done. Um, I think one thing that's nice as well is that the interviewer is not given the details of the candidate's school or university um, and background. Um, so it really allows them to be themselves without any preconceptions built into the, the interview process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, post-interview as well, um, with uh, unsuccessful candidates who have a rare flag and were unsuccessful in obtaining a training contract, um, they're often uh, offered the opportunity to join the mentoring program. Um, so they're matched with a Mishcon fee earner, um, a qualified lawyer who can support them and give them the best chance of, of success at obtaining subsequent vacation schemes, whether it be at the firm or elsewhere. Um, mm. So the firm really is committed to when a candidate is not successful and it comes from a social media mobile background, mm -hmm. really allowing them to develop, develop themselves with some sort of support network. Um, mm from someone who's been through the process already. Yeah, that sounds great. So those changes in actions, that's what you have taken to support students from the lower socioeconomic backgrounds as you've discussed. I'm interested because obviously we've had this partnership with the 93% Club and with Mishkan Dorea. Why in particular is social mobility important to you and the company? I think with me, it's definitely rooted in my background. Um, so I moved to this country from California um, when I was in my early teens and went to a, a non-fee paying school um, before university. Um, and when I went to university, I really felt that um, there was a lack of knowledge about the industry um, I mean, I can't fault the support that I, I got from my school one bit, um, but there's definitely a difference in the resources that are, were available to me um, than to, you know, a lot of my friends at university who went to different mm -hmm. types of schools. Yeah. Um, so I think the main thing for me is wanting to help contribute to this new network that I feel would have helped me, um, you know, going to university, not just knowledge wise but just to be more confident about what i want to do and turning up at events often i turned up and felt that i didn't know enough to be able to speak or meet new people but that's not the case at all um especially at this firm people are always willing to um you know talk about what their experience has been and guide you through the process um I think from a business perspective as well, it's really important to get um, a host of people from different diverse backgrounds because um, this helps the business perform, um, you know, connect to different types of clients who might be from similar backgrounds um, and a greater mix and collaboration of ideas is never a bad thing. Of course. Um, I think this diversity is also kind of at the core of the firm's identity. I know that's such a cliche <laughs> yeah. statement. Um, but the firm really has a strong commitment, um, and a tangible commitment. Mm -hmm. So the firm has their, um, equity, diversity and inclusion status, statement and strategy. Um, mm -hmm. and I encourage anyone who's interested in the firm to have a read of that. Um, but really going a step further and implementing programs like the apprenticeship program. Um, and really having a contribution, not just within the firm to the numbers, 
but to the wider legal community is something that I think the firm can really be proud of and that distills down to the individuals within the firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the time of the EDI, the last EDI statement in April 2020, women um, you know, made up 44% of equity partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the firm has a host of different uh, commitment strategies, whether it be social mobility, um, and you know whether we're bringing people in from a host of underrepresented backgrounds, um, but really putting together um, a solid strategy and implementing this is something that not every firm does, um, mm-hmm. and I think Mishcon can be really proud of. Um, I mean, on the social mobility side, the firm is now recognised as a top 75 employer in the social mobility employer index. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, five years ago, um, the firm kind of put in uh, a strategy to really achieve this goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just moving, you know, up and up. Um, so I think these things really ground themselves in what the firm is about, mm-hmm. why the firm cares so much about uh, this and, and shows the commitment that the firm has. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a host of these different avenues and commitments um, that really form the basis of, of what the firm's about. Yeah, that's so refreshing to hear because I think some people can be quite panicked in terms of getting into the law industry because, I mean, there's plenty of statistics online that show that it's it can be a lot tougher to get into this industry if you are from a lower socioeconomic background, which is why it's so important for law firms to try and put that into their strategy and hearing all of these actions that Mishkan Jaria are doing from you in terms whether that's recruitment or what you're doing for your employers now or in the future it is really great to hear and thank you so much for sharing that um, in terms of the changes and actions have you taken any to support students or are there any that really stand out to you yeah um, so I think it's like you've said, it's really great to think about the ideas, but really putting them in place is, is another step. Um, mm. And from the first day, um, we get told about all the different committees and groups that we can be a part of. And the one that stood out to me, having had experience with it in university, is the Social Mobility Committee. Um, and so I leapt at the chance to be involved with that. Um, <laughs> But the great thing about the Social Mobility Committee at Mishcon is that it's made up of different subgroups. Um, so you can join uh, the Working with Young People subgroup or the Attraction subgroup, subgroup um, yeah. to really target the specific um, kind of area of social mobility that you're passionate about. Um, so personally, I'm involved with the Working with Young People subgroup. Um, and we've, uh, you know, it allows the different subgroups to collaborate and have a tangible say on uh, the firm's policies and initiatives like the impact aims that the firm publishes on its website. Um, But in terms of my subgroup, it allows us to really have um, a more targeted focus and impact with direct initiatives like our Careers Plus uh, Sutton Trust Work Experience Program that we're launching later this year um, with the Sutton Trust and really bringing in students from specific um, backgrounds mm-hmm. uh, to allow them um, to get involved in the you know office experience that they might not otherwise be 
able to be involved in. Mm -hmm. um, it's also feeding back information like, um, you know, length of vacation schemes, for example, um, that aren't always thought about. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the instances was the subgroups got together and discussed how it's sometimes it's a it's a problem for students to take away one or two weeks from their studies or even uh, those who have graduated it might be difficult to take one or two weeks away from work um, because of financial obligations or because of other commitments that they might have um, so the firm took an active step to reduce the vacation scheme to one week um, to allow those people who otherwise wouldn't be able to attend um, they could take a shorter amount, shorter amount of time uh, off and really immerse themselves in the program. That's great to hear that that open discussion has actually turned into actions that the company has made. Um, that's very interesting to hear. So in terms of the recruitment stages, as you said, you've, you've made changes to that so it's more accessible to all students. What advice would you give to students who are looking in a career in law? So that could be their work ethic or the application process or just how to stand out in such an oversaturated industry. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it can be a bit overwhelming and daunting at times. Um, there are so many different firms that do so many different things and you really want to find a great fit for yourself. And I think that's one thing that drew me to Mishcon specifically, um, is that it allows you to really uh, build on your own interests. Um, and I think that goes back to the piece, the biggest piece of advice I think I'd give. Um, and that's just to be yourself as, as cliche and yeah. as, you know, as often as you might hear that phrase, um, not everyone's going to have the same qualities that might be emphasized commonly. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember being a student and seeing, you know, things on LinkedIn or, um, reading things in articles about how you need to have leadership qualities or show your organizational abilities or your entrepreneurial drive and these, you know, big buzzwords that yes. I was kind of scared that I didn't have. Um, but really looking at yourself and thinking, you know, I might not have these fully formed qualities at the moment, but I want to find somewhere that will allow me to develop these. Um, and making that kind of honest assessment in your in, in your application is something that's really important as well. Um, so just build on your own experience and talk about what you've learned in your own life and why the firm you're applying to would be the best environment to develop these. Mm -hmm. and look at instances as to what they've done. So, um, for example, at Mishcon, um, there have been a number of instances where um, someone's been interested in, for example, eSports. Um, so the firm's really given them the, the back, backing and the resources to go and set up their own um, almost mini practice uh, in this area where what didn't exist before. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, as long as you're curious and willing to learn, the best thing about the firm, I feel, is that people will always give you the time and resources to develop. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this Kind of ties into the second biggest piece of advice that I'd give, and that's to step out of your comfort zone. Um, like I said, when I went to university, I was, um, you know, a small fish in a very big pond, particularly in the city. 
Um, so just try and attend as many events as you can, no matter how uh, kind of daunting they might feel and take every little thing you can away from them. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you feel like you didn't learn anything new about the law, think about who you spoke to, whether you feel more comfortable speaking to others now, because um, you're always going to learn something, no matter how mundane or small you might think it is. Yeah, of course. So essentially, just be yourself, be honest, and focus on what makes you different, and just try and connect that with whatever company you're applying for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to build on your interests, and you want to um, enjoy your work. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that really comes across, especially at the interview stage. If you're passionate about something, and you've spoken about that certain topic in your application. Mm -hmm. um, if you're able to go into depth and detail and really speak from the heart on it, um, the interviewers are going to tell the difference um, and they're going to really appreciate that mm -hmm. um, because you're, you know, you're being yourself and you're not putting on a, a persona. Of course. An example of what you just said then in terms of somewhere to go into for um, the law industry or a sector is, you know, esports. So when you apply for these roles, will these little subcultures be shown in the process? So will people know that they'll be inter interviewing for that certain sector? So when you do your training contract, um, mm -hmm. you're able to experience a number of different seats and teams. Mm -hmm. um, so once you start at the firm, you can really make these interests known. Um, at the interview stage, you can talk about it, you know, to your heart's content. Yeah. Um, and often the more you know about something and the more interested you are, um, the more your interviewers are going to be willing to speak to you about it because they're going to want to learn about it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I've heard examples of, um, interviewees talking about space law, um, <laughs> or, um, you know, submarine law, um, and wow. the interviewers had no idea about these types. Um, you know, these topics, mm -hmm. but on, you know, the base of things, the inter the interviewee was so knowledgeable and passionate about these topics that they just ended up having massive conversations about them. Um, and even though that's not something that Mishcon as a firm is great at, to be able to show that you apply yourself to what you're interested in and are willing to learn and have that curiosity um, is something that the firm really appreciates. Um, and I think coming from a socially mobile background, that's something that you can really use to your advantage. Mm, um, you're going to have different experiences to everyone else. I mean, as an individual, you want to emphasize how your life has been different to other people and what you've taken out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and really go, you know, I feel like from a socially mobile background myself, I had to do a lot of things myself. Um, and really go out of my way to build on these interests from a personal standpoint. Um, and that's something that you can really use to your advantage is developing these interests um, from your own perspective um, and really going out of your way to do that. Yeah, that's great to hear. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, before we end this lovely episode, is there anything that you'd like to share or add that we haven't discussed already? Um, I think in a sort of rounding off of um, what I've mentioned, um, there's two things. I know it's a bit of an overwhelming 
braces and I know I keep speaking about it, but if I could tell something to a younger me going into the process, mm -hmm. um, it would be not to be intimidated. I know it sounds, it might seem like a daunting pros prospect, putting yourself out there in your interview and in your application and being so honest about your life. Um, but remember, it's kind of a process and it's not a cliff edge. Um, I, you know, I couldn't count the amount of rejections that I got on two hands. Um, and it's the same with most people that I know that eventually end up, um, you know, being successful in this industry or any industry in general. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be afraid of uh, the rejections at all because they'll just teach you more about what you learn and what you know about yourself. Um, and I think that ties into kind of just being honest with yourself, um, sticking to your interests and really letting them shine through. Because um, I think that'll help you enjoy your work and your life in general. Of course, yes. And I, and I suppose with that, pushing yourself to do everything that you can do. Worst case scenario, if you're not successful, just look at it in a positive light that you've learned from that experience. Yes, it was a long process if you are applying to these roles, but all you can do really is learn from that. And I'm sure everything happens for a reason, the right company will accept you. So just as long as you follow the advice that you've given and just research as much as you can, I'm sure our listeners will agree that that's just a nice outlook to have on the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. Um... I think really look for somewhere that'll appreciate you for you. Um, and uh, hopefully um, for a lot of the listeners, that'll be Mishcon. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much, Charlie, for your great advice and being a part of this episode. And thank you to Mishcon Dorea for making this discussion possible. So I hope that our listeners can see the great work that Mishcon Dorea do for inclusivity and the opportunities that are on offer. And then if you'd like to learn more, I'd recommend looking at their careers website. Is there any other resources that you'd recommend, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I think the careers website is a great place to start. Like I mentioned, take a look at the um, kind of EDI statement and strategy that the firm puts out. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not a student yet, um, take a look at the apprenticeship program because um, that's mm -hmm. also a great opportunity. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Charlie. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion and been a part of the 93 Talks. Thanks, Neve. Thank you.